Hello, welcome to the Small Gamer. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Agency Sigma Stat Center, recorded every Monday, uh, Monday, 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 recorded every Monday on Twitch with everyone here. You can see we talk about all of the lists that have performed well at the weekend at different events. We normally have stats to back this all up, but we're in a new General's Handbook, post a new battle scroll so you don't have loads of uh, stats yet because the events i'm covering today which is four of them are the first uh, the fourth events sorry the only events of this ghp other than one that happened last week so there haven't been loads of events to really cover um, not doing great on this intro i don't think so just uh, let you know there are 134 players playing this weekend though over four different countries shout out to rob who gets me all this information um every uh, monday so i want to thank him a bunch which is really good uh, another good thing to shout out is we're seeing lots of people are adding notes to their lists and if you've watched the show last week um i give my first kind of thoughts and insights into what the meta might look like in the future we're going to talk about all the lists and all the armies now uh but just remember uh, that these are very early results that's something that's super important to remember um, sure, some of them are looking very, very strong, but these are early results and they're very situational results. For instance, last week we had one of the new GHB events and it was won by Korn. Does this mean Korn is the best army in the game? No, it doesn't. So just let the meta develop, let things happen. Uh, but some armies are definitely looking really strong uh, and it's going to be really fun talking about those lists as we go through. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, I hope, and let's get on with looking at these lists. The first event we're going to look at is the Games Workshop event over in, I'm not sure where it was. It was called the US Open Tacoma. Now, we have been through the player pack, uh, and it's not super clear about what they were using and how the organization of this event was being run. Um, uh, also, uh, after there was 96 players, shout out to everyone who attended the event. I hope you had a wonderful time. Uh, those 96 players, after the third round, were cut into a top eight. So after you played three rounds, the best performing players were cut into a top eight to play two rounds on the Sunday in an elimination-style matchup, but because they only played two rounds, they didn't have enough people. I think that's correct. Me and the chat have been trying to work it out for quite a while. Also, because after three rounds, you don't have enough people, we have too many people to get into a top eight, and so they had what we call a shadow round, which is where the organizers haven't organized the event well enough, and so more players have to play, well, players have to play another game to decide who's going to be in the top eight uh, anyway. And then I think the top eight was also decided on battle points. And then to finish this all off, BCP doesn't really tell you who won or how it was won or, or any of those things. So I don't really know who won. So I'm going to read out just some of the lists that have got big green numbers next to them. Um, and just, you know, shout out those people and talk about the list anyway. So, uh, yeah, anyway, and maybe it was, maybe it's simpler than that. And I got this all wrong. I don't really know. Um, but I don't know what's wrong with just doing a regular event with five rounds, six rounds, if you want, with a differential split. So win, loss, draw and differential, which is pretty much what we do with the world over, uh, because we're not mental. Uh, so here we go. Um, so Jeremy Lemoy did well. Congratulations to Jeremy, and I hope you had a fantastic time. And he was running OCR Bone Reapers. So this is going to be a list that you definitely are going to face if you go in onto the top tables of Age of Sigmar events in the future. And why is it so good? Great question. What's in the list? It's more Praetorians, which gives him a, a little cheeky additional charge uh, at the end of a charge phase in your opponent's turn. He's got Ark of the Black, who's a great wizard, pluses to cast, and also increases the spell range. Also a law master, so he knows all the spell from his law. So in the right situation, he's putting the right spells on the right units. And because of the extended range, he's going to be able to do it from 
like anywhere he wants. Then Catacross is also a really good anti-wizard as well, especially with the pluses to unbind. Uh, then you've got Catacross, plus one to hit, and plus one uh, save to your whole army, which makes your army so much more durable. He's also going to pick out an enemy unit in each hero phase and make it minus one to hit. So if you've got like a killer unit, I know nine storm fiends, let's say, uh, but even like, you know, like a large puncher unit, that unit is always going to be minus one to hit because of Catacross in every hero phase. So like you're already got like a much weaker army and his army or the bone reaper army is much stronger. Then uh, he's also going to steal some CP off you as well, which is pretty decent. It's pretty good in a fight. Uh, then the Mortars and Bone Shaper, which is pretty much cookie cutter at this list, with the Command Trait Dark Acolyte, the Artifact of Power, the Artisan's Key, and Spell Drain Vitality. So the Dark Acolyte means that, that you can cast a spell um, and it can't be unbound, uh, which is really good if you're trying to do a Mystic Shield and get that off. That's really good. Uh, and then the Artisan's Key keys in with how Arkan, <laughs> see, keys in, keys in, unlocks the secret of, yeah, <laughs> of the healing in the list so arcan categories and mortars and bone shaper all of them could put like a death rider back each into the unit of two units of five uh Kavros death riders so they could pick uh like a death rider unit and put a horse back each uh so like up to three one per dude uh, and they could do that up to three units as well but the secret trick i think is the ability for them on a three plus to put a unit of immortus guard back in so there's two units of death riders in the list they're great as we talked about michael roush swaggy shadow sword already went 5-0 last ghb running loads of death riders they went up pretty significantly only he was running them so it feels like he was specifically targeted which is weird um but i think a lot of people are really liking the death riders in their list uh especially when you've got two units of two you can do that battle tactic for ocr bone reapers but to get back to the healing is a unit of six in mortis guard what which with new coherency rules are even better you can make quite a big frontage with them which is good because they don't mind being hit because they have a three up armor save with cat cross it's going to turn into two up armor save they can get a five up ward save very easily and with mystic shield and all out defense they can actually be on a two up armor save ignoring rend one and when your opponent's also minus one to hit as well they're going to be very very survivable because they're five wounds each, uh, making 30 wounds in a unit. But the secret source, if there is secret source, is that you can also put three or four of these, because the Artisan Key allows the uh, Bone Shaper to put an additional one, back into uh, the unit every one of the OCR Bone Reaper's hero phases. So you're, like, you're talking maybe putting 20 wounds back into a effectively unkillable unit. Bro. Bro. Crazy uh like absolutely crazy and uh, just to shout out that dark acolyte trait is only stuff from the obr law thank you everyone in the chat uh so anyway really good um and then there's a unit so unit of six of mortis guard two units of five death riders and then a unit of necropolis stalkers which is a really good punchy fighter unit which again you can heal uh, up to two of them in the unit you can't obviously heal three because three would mean the unit's dead so you can't heal into a dead unit so incredibly survivable great magic phase good anti-magic debuffs the enemy unit uh, uh, great attrition, can put lots of units back, use lots of recursion, thank you chat, uh, lots of recursion to put units back in, great for holding objectives, good at fighting, great list, uh, and I think it's something you're going to see more and more. Also, pretty awesome to play as in uh, like as in the miniatures, Arcan, a great caster, super cool, Catacross, uh, super cool mini as well, uh, the Bone Shaper is super fun, um, as a mini and then those Immortus Guard look great in my opinion, Death Riders and then the Stalker, so yeah I think it's great now the other list that did well is Mr. Stark Pista, shout out to him 
he was running Seraphon and he was running Fangs of Sotek. Okay, Fangs of Sotek. And he had the same grand strategy as the last, uh, as Jeremy did, which is Spellcasting Savant, or as I like to call it, Locus Pocus. Uh, and Spellcasting Savant means that you've got to keep an Andorian wizard alive at the end of the battle. Uh, and in the case of um, Jeremy, it was obviously his um, Mortars and Bone Shaper, but in the case of Stark, he was obviously trying to keep probably his slant star master alive well what's in the list let's talk about it a little bit uh, he had lord croak a skink star seer this is all in fangs of sotek starborn a skink oracle on troglodon a, a slant star master and a saurus astroth banner bearer he's a five saurus guard two units of five raptored on charges a unit of drakespawn knights which honestly is a secret source to how this list works then you've got ten skinks the Malevolent Maelstrom, Suffocating Gravetide, and Chronomantic Cogs. Now, there's some real good questions about uh, what all this does, and let's kind of put it together. Number one, Chronomantic Cogs, the new one, because this is all new GHB, uh, lets a wizard cast either Mystic Shield or Arcane Bolt. You're going to want to cast probably Mystic Shield because it's just a great economies of scale spell, but ultimately it doesn't matter what you cast because you want to cast an extra spell. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Malevolent Suffocating Gravetide for 30 points is amazing because it's going to do a ton of mortal wounds, uh, to uh, horde units, but even if it's not a horde unit, even if you've got a unit of 20 models, you'll roll 20 dice in that unit and it will be every five up you'll take a mortal wound. And it's got a massive base, so you can use it to move block and the mortal wound damage it does does to every unit it touches and it's got a massive base. And then finally, Malevolent Maelstrom. Uh, now we did talk about this in the tier show when we talked about Endless Spells. That's on YouTube, please go check it out. We go through all the Endless Spells in detail, hopefully it'll give you loads of info. Um, and uh, we talked about how this is crazy good. It does mortal wound AoE damage, uh, which is super important. So let's talk about how this list works, uh, really simply. So we could talk about Lord Croak, but we're not going to talk about Lord Croak. We're going to talk about maybe one of the most busted command traits in the game, uh, Lord of Celestial Resonance. That's on the Slan, who's an Andorian Locus, uh, and he's also taken Hoarfrost. So this Slan at any point could potentially do 46 mortal wounds. It's important to remember. Uh, and he's also got an Astroth Banner Bearer in the list. So the Astroth Banner Bearer list is going to give you plus one to cast, uh, which is uh, good for the Slan because it's going to give him plus two to cast. Um, and plus two to unbind anywhere on the board, board wide. Uh, and then also extends the spell range by six inches. Won't work on Hoarfrost though, obviously. Um, uh, and has a six up board save. So that's important. Back to the command trait. The command trait uh, means every spell that you cast, unbind onto this spell with that singular model will generate you two celestial core points instead of one celestial core point. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but if you're second in the hero phase, you're going to get an additional cast with an Andorian Locus, which is a slant, meaning it'll have four spells. If he casts all, all four of those spells, then he's going to get eight celestial core points. If he uses cogs to cast another spell, he's going to get 10 celestial core points. And if we go on Wahapedia, you can see 10 celestial core points is already mean that you can generate a unit of Ripidactyl Riders or some Hunters of Haunchy or some Terror Wings or some Skinks. I mean, that feels like it's pretty good to me. But if you unbind any spells, um, if you unbind any spells, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, if you unbind any spells, you'll get an additional to ccp and because he can unbind three spells that means he can do 16 celestial core points which is amazing that's just on his own and if you add uh them all being wizards so there's one two three four five wizards i think you're gonna get well there's four wizards and an astral banner bearer those are nodes that's important for a moment that's potentially going to generate you five celestial core points taking you up to where were we at so far 13 i think that gets you to about 18 celestial core points if Croak casts any spells, uh, he can cast four. That's going to be 
22 Celestial Core Points, which is pretty good. Skink Starseer, 23. Uh, Oracle on Troglodon. Um, uh, doesn't cast a spell, I don't think. Oh, it might cast a spell. Uh, so that's 23 Celestial Core Points, which is pretty decent uh, <laughs> in a turn, uh, which is nuts. Uh, but what you can do with all these points, I know what you're saying. Uh, also, just point worth pointing out, in this list, the Slan doesn't have um, the 4d6 ball wound spell, and instead, that's been put on the Skink Starseer. I should have pointed that out. Sorry, that's wrong. So he's not going to do the mortal wounds. The Starseer is. Okay, so you generate a lot of celestial core points. Okay, that's really exciting. What else do you do now? Okay, well, now let's talk about how you do damage. Uh, Lord Croak can do, on average, uh, I think he does four times three. Uh, he does, basically, he does six, uh, 12. He does 24 mortal wounds at 18 inches per hero phase. Uh, the Skink Starseer can make it so you can't have ward saves, which is pretty decent. Um... Uh, the Slan can do Comet's Call, so that's an additional amount of D3 Mortal Wounds. The uh, Realm Shaper Engine is also going to pick a piece of terrain and then do Mortal Wounds. Uh, the Malevolent Maelstrom is going to do AoE Mortal Wounds. Uh, and then uh, the uh, Celestial Core Points, which we've been easily getting, will be able to be used on uh, Azure Light. Uh, not Azure Light, sorry. Cleanse the Realms. You spend 15 Celestial Core Points to do that. And you roll a dice for each enemy unit within 12 inches of any friendly cosmic nodes. On a 2+, plus, they suffer number of mortal wounds equal to the dice roll. So it's basically d6 mortal wounds, but ones won't do damage. But it's in range of each node. And what's important to remember um, is those nodes are all of the different wizards uh, and the Ashloth banner bearer. And here's where it gets really spicy. There's In the sub-faction, you've got a heroic action to teleport a unit, which is cool. But uh, the... The slan that's in this list has got the space folder stave. So you teleport a unit, right, in turn two, because in turn one you've said you're going to use the space folder stave. That means that you can teleport that unit within seven inches of the enemy. So you get them within seven inches, and then you do, and then that node does a ton of mortal wound damage in AOE, as well as doing 46 mortal wounds because it's the skink stars here. So you're roughly doing, I don't know, 30. 30 to 60 mortal wounds in a hero phase um and then yeah which, which is pretty strong um in the rest of the list the saurus guard uh, bodyguard they're like there's a unit of five so they're 10 wounds so they're going to be doing a lot of uh defense uh, they're going to be bodyguarding uh, wounds for the astral banner barrel the slant star master or any of the heroes there's uh, the two units of Raptodon Chargers, which are very fast. They've got a lot of attacks. And if you do Horfrost on them, so they're Ren 3, they're going to do tons of damage, which is really nice, and they're super quick. And finally, uh, and then you unit of Skinks, which are a screen. But the Secret Source, and I did tell you the Secret Source was the Drakespawn Knights. The Drakespawn Knights in the Secret Source in this list, because they're going to be on the board, and you'll be like, oh my god, what do the Drakespawn Knights do? And they're going to tell you what they do, uh, which is they're going to stand there. And they're going to be like, wow, that's crazy you brought Drakespawn Knights as they do a hundred mortal wounds to you in two turns. And you're going to be like, wow, those Drakespawn Knights made zero difference to this list because this list is absolutely bananas. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, unbelievably dumb. Like, dumb in a way, right? Dumb in a way that is... Like, I, mean, I mean, returning 20 wounds in the previous list from Jeremy, uh, we didn't even talk about the fact that you can teleport the Troglodon. Sorry, you can teleport the Troglodon and cast some spells to him as well. Uh, anyway, so this list is broken as hell. 
um, and should be immediately FAQ'd and retconned. But shout out to Stark for playing it. Love you loads. You did great. Right, we're going to look at some of the four ones. I don't really know where they positioned in the event. And there's also like a 5-0 in ninth. I'm just going to talk about him anyway, especially because one of my favorite people in the whole world, Noah Singh, uh, is a third, but with a four. I don't know. Uh, he was running. He was running Beast Chaos. Uh, he was running Beast Chaos in Dark Walkers, uh, so you can retreat some units off the board, which is really good. Uh, he's got a Doom Ball with Beastial Cunning and the Bleating Nile Staff. So Beastial Cunning is going to let one of his units deploy seven inches away. Great Brave Shaman and the Brave Bass Trumpet, as well. Uh, so he's going to be able to summon a unit, and then Bellacore, and he's also got Hoarfrost on his list as well, and Bellacore. So I feel like this is the Beast of Chaos list. This is pretty much the Beast of Chaos list, I would say. Two units of 10 on Gore, nine Bull Gore with Axe and Bull Shield. I feel that's, that's the right call. You want, uh, you could potentially have two Hand Axes uh, to get a few more attacks in, uh, but I feel like having a four-up armor save characteristic is much better because of the shield than it is because of anything else, so I would say that that's great. Uh... Then a Chaos Gargant, and then that's your delivery. That's your unit. You're taking, you're specifically taking a Doom Ball with Bestial Cunning to put nine Bulgore into the enemy, do a ton of mortal wounds, do loads of damage, have that four up armor saves to survive the hit back, use Bellacore to survive the hit back as well, shut down the enemy threat. Then you've got a Chaos Gargant. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Geminids are down to spell, and two units of Ungor Rangers, a unit of 20 and a unit of 10. Now, obviously, they can shoot off the board, and then they can come on the board and shoot. They've got limited range of 12 inches. But really, what you're looking at is through uh, the heroic action to be able to move a unit and also those Ungor Raiders that you clear screens out, then you deliver nine Bulgore, kill one of their threats, shut down one of their other threats, and then uh, go through the process again using, using the uh, Doom Ball to charge in the opponent's charge phase. Uh, which is a really great thing to do, especially if you've bellicored one of their major threats. So I'm a big fan of that, and I think that's really good. Now, the Chaos Gargant is something that's quite interesting, because I would not necessarily put that in the list. I Instead, I would have more Ungor Raiders. But I think me and the chat have talked about it quite a bit, and they're making a really good point. Chaos Gargant reduces armor saves down. And I guess we're in a Bone Reaper meta. You've got to ask yourself, how are you going to deal with... If you're able to just dodge Seraphon, where you'll lose, like you should be able to uh like battle into obr but obr are going to be issue because they have such good armor saves so the minus one save aura that's uh, coming out from the chaos gargan in con in conjunction with being able to do raw so you won't be able to receive command ability so you won't be able to do uh all out defense as well so effectively reducing your save by two which is really big and then also having geminids in the list to shut down command abilities stop things like battle shock feels like noah's really thinking about because geminids is like anti-obr tech really feels like um noah has been really smart and playing to his uh, strengths i'm not sure if you swapped out that chaos gargant for another unit of uncle raiders you would really benefit much in the matchups that you should be good into specifically into uh things like seraphon but uh, like adding the Chaos Gargan gave him another option into another army, which I think I think the chat have turned me around on. I think Noah's turned me around on that as well. I think that's a good, good shout. I quite like the idea of playing so very insular with a singular list, but I don't think that's a bad shout at all. So uh, love to see that. Then there's a Gloomswipe Gits list that went 4-1 uh, with King's Gits. This was played by Ricky Fisher. Shout out to Ricky. He had a Dankhold Trog Boss, Scrag Rot, and a Madcap Shaman with Merciless Blizzard. So there's a trick. Um, trick is a strong word. For what you can do now is you can teleport a cheap wizard, so the Madcap Shaman, and then you could just 46 Mortal Wound a spell. And, you know, just kill a 3-400 point model, uh, which feels like it's pretty legit. Uh, so that's what the Madcap Shaman's for. Scragrot for doing a ton of damage. He's just got Hand of Gork as well. 
Um, and then you've got some Moon Clan Stabbers, unit 10, and then two units of nine Rock Gut Trogoths, uh, which are going to be very survivable, very fighty. Two units of five Boing Grot Bounders as well, which I really like the uh, symmetry of this army as well. Uh, they can put the Rock Guts in two different places. Uh, then the Boing Grots can do a counter charge, which I think is really good. Thank you to uh, Tennessee Two Step for donating £69 to the show. That's incredibly kind of you. Thank you. Uh, if you are watching this back on YouTube or as a podcast, uh, the Twitch chat are always very kind. And uh, So thank you. That's, uh, that's lovely. Sorry for slowing us down there. Excellent name, Tennessee Two Step. Excellent name for donating £69. Hashtag Giggity. Uh, that's great. Thanks. I've lost my flow now. Mirrored. Good. Excellent. Great list. Thank you. Well done to Ricky. Uh, finally, Joe Cryer turned 30 this weekend. No longer a kid. No longer can he have an emo haircut. Shout out to Joe Cryer. Turned 30 years old uh, this weekend, having gone 3-0. He had Karas Fate Weaver in a zinch list with Host Arcanum. He had Ephilim the Unknowable. Now, Ephilim the Unknowable is a new uh, new release for Zinch, and it gives you a teleport in the army. allows you to uh, teleport a unit, which is obviously going to be one of the other units. Probably it's going to be um, uh, the Gaunt Summoner, maybe, with and so that they could do Merciless Blizzard uh, and then do 46 Mortal Wounds. Uh, then a Magus is in the list, a Fluxmaster, and, and we talked about Kairos. Two units of 10 Carricks. Sorry, three units of 10 Karak Acolytes, which Joe is a big fan of. He thinks it gives him a lot of kind of like uh, limited uh, output, does a, a bunch of little shooting damage, which he finds to be quite useful. 10 Encore, and then a Burning Sigil of Zinch, an Aether Void Pendulum, and an Umbral Spell Portal. So 190 points of this list was spent on endless spells, right? Uh, endless spells. And then... Uh, two units of six Furies were in his list as well. So these are old skinks, but for people who are new, when they activate in combat, they can make a retreat instead. They move 12 inches, so move 12 inches, activate, retreat, go and grab a little objective. Uh, also, probably what uh, the Ungor's job in, is here as well, is just to continuously keep grabbing objectives, screening. If you have two units of six Furies that are screening, and now with new coherency, they can screen out uh, quite wide because you don't need to have... Uh, one model within uh, range of two other models in a six-person unit, and instead uh, you can stretch them all the way out. What you can have is a quite good screen, so when they charge both screens, one unit can retreat after the other one's been killed, which is quite nice. That's quite fun. Other than that, Zinch just working the same, doing a ton of mortal wound damage, not Seraphon ton, um, and they're also um, they're also summoning a lot of stuff. Again, not as much as Seraphon. They're pretty okay into Seraphon because they've got Destiny Dice to shut down Endless Spells uh, and also shut down spell casting, which feels like that's uh, good. And in Host Arcanum, uh, then you get an automatic unbind on turns 1, 3, and 5, which feels like a bonus as well. And finally, shout out to Carson Whitlock. Legend that he is. Uh, he took Ogre Boar Tribes. He went 4-1, 3-2. I'm not sure anymore. Uh, he had a Beat Fist. Army with a Butcher, a Firebelly, Frostled Stonehorn, and some Gluttons. Uh, two units of Gluttons, actually, two units of six, and then two units of four Iron Guts, an Iron Blaster, and some Noblars. So just a mid-board combat army, like fairly fast, Iron Guts going twice, doing a ton of uh, output. Hasn't taken any of the new spells, uh, so we haven't seen any of those in, in his list either. Um, so 
which is a bit rough, especially when, obviously, if you're playing Beast Call Raiders, it makes sense to take a bunch of the ice-based spells, but he hasn't put that in his list. Instead, just allowing the power of his gluttons and iron guts to push him forward. So congratulations to him. The last, we've, the last list that we're going to look at uh, is going to be Benjamin Hoskins with his Slaves to Darkness list because he also went 5-0 but didn't get into Brachia. I don't really know how it worked. I'm just going to shout out some of the other four ones as well. My good friend and absolute dump truck babe, uh, Leo Ratunen uh, with his Soulblight Gravelords. Dan Helwig uh, on a 4-1 with his host of Sinesh. Josh Stinbiller uh, with his Daughters of Cain uh, in Xanthikai. Cameron Chen with his Soulblight Gravelords. Karajan Overlords being played by Joseph Tsai. And Tom Guan with his Soulblight Gravelords on a 4-1. Joshua Alban on with his Soulblight Gravelords on a 4-1. Jeremy Ryan with his OCR Bone Reapers on a 4-1. And then James Terwilliger with his Soulblight Gravelords on a 4-1. Oh my god, that's a lot of Soulblight Gravelords. Blaze of Corn, played by Matthew Cushel on a 4-1. Matt Wittick with his Blaze of Corn on a 4-1. Brian Cox with his Beast of Chaos on a 4-1. Uh, all did really, really well. So, I mean, so many other armies not in that list. Just Soulblight Gravelords, OCR Bone Reapers uh, in there, and a couple of other little armies here and there. So just, yeah, as Archidar, who just said, who just subscribed, a death meta which is just crazy, um, uh, just really crazy. Anyway, let's just talk Let's talk about uh, Benjamin Hoskins' list because, again, if you listened to our show last week, uh, Benjamin has written all of his notes. I want to say a special thank you to him. Uh, it's great. Wrote all of his notes on his army uh, so his opponents could know exactly what his army does. Uh, so it tells you he's got a sub-faction Ravagers. It tells you what it does. Ravagers is a sub-faction where you just have lots of cultists and you, when those cultists die, you can bring them back to life. Uh, effectively at half strength um, and then he's got a slave start and his demon prince I like what he's got on this he's got the idolater lord um, uh, which all cultists get his mark plus he is a priest uh, and he's got the trophy rack so his cultist units wholly within nine inches of the demon prince ignore battle shock tests he's then got the conqueror's crown uh, enemy units within any models within six inches with one or two wounds don't count for holding objectives which is really really good um, and then he's got a Chaos Sorcerer Lord with Hoarfrost, so he's going to be looking for Ren 3. And I think he's going to be looking for Ren 3 on his 30 Splintered Fang. He's got two units of 30 of those. Um, giving them Ren 3 would be crazy when that's 91 attacks. Uh, and then minus one to wound with a Marker Nurgle. Then he's got a unit of Unmade, uh, so you can ignore, so you can't do Battleshot tests. Sorry, you can't use Inspiring Presence, so you have to take Battleshot tests. And also. Uh, you can't do Rally within range of them. Then two units of Splinter Fang. Uh, sorry, another unit of 10 Splinter Fang. Two units of Untamed Beasts and two units of Corvus Cabal. Two Chaos Gargants and two Mind Stealer Spharynxes. So he's got the Reduce Armor Save Aura. He's got Ad Rend uh, from Hoarfrost. He's got Mind Stealers for Fighting Last. He's got so much stuff in here. He's got so many bodies. It's so uh, symmetrical. It's great, and he's done really well. So special shout-out to him, doing really great, and for t putting all your notes on your list. I think that's brilliant. Our next event is over in Canada. It's called the Dwellers Below AOS GT, and it's organized by the wonderful Josh Akins. Shout-out to him. It's being held in Ontario over at Mecca Games. You can see it here. Wonderful. Well, if you use it as a podcast, you can't, but I'm describing what seems to be a lovely little... Uh, Lovely little game space, uh, and right next to Timmy Hortons, and loads, 
and loads of parking, which is really great as well. Guest barbecue shop across the way if you want to pick yourself up something for the way home. So love that. Uh, so how did the how did the games go? It's a great question. We didn't get any five O's from this event. So we got a few four ones. Yuri Shiz Okay, here we go. Yuri Shishinava uh, with his OCR Bone Reapers um, uh, won the event, but he went four one. Matt Cowlek with his Cities of Sigma Hallow Heart went four one as well. Mitch Carwager with his Hostess and Esh went four one. And then Jeff Story with his Blades of Corn went four one as well. We're gonna talk about uh, Yuri's list as well. Uh, he's also at Bone Reapers list. He was running no Myriad, so he's got a two-up spell ignore. He had a Mortars and Bone Shaper with an Artisan Key and the 46 Mortal Wound spell, Merciless Blizzard. He then has a Mortars and Soul Reaper, and uh, that's the general with the Command Trait Show's superiority, and the spell Hoarfrost. Now, that's going to be really, really good uh, if he can get that onto his unit of 30 Mortec Guard, giving them run three, making them hit on twos, any of those things I think is really good. And then Catacross is in this list. And Catacross is obviously doing everything I said previously, where he's giving plus one save, minus one hit, all that other stuff as well. He's doing that on 30 Mortec Guard, he's doing that on six Immortis Guard, and then he's doing that on three Immortis Guard and a unit of five Death Riders. So... Death Riders being a little bit faster. He have two really unkillable blocks in the Immortus Guard and the Mortec Guard that are doing tons of damage. And then behind them, uh, when you hit that brick wall of bone, uh, or that bone wall of bone, the Mortis and Bone Shaper is doing 46 Mortal Wounds, Catacross is countercharging you, and you're taking a load of damage. Uh, so, super good. Looking at the other four ones, we're not going to talk about Matt's list, although congratulations to Matt, because he's playing Cities of Sigmar, and that won't be relevant in a couple of weeks. Uh, but excellent work, Matt. You should be great. There's very few wins or even good results now for Cities of Sigmar Army, so you should be super chuffed with that. Congratulations. Mitch Karja, running as his host of Sinesh in Pretenders Host, is running a pretty fun list, which I really, really like. So don't forget Pretenders. You generate tons of extra command points, and you get to do multiple command abilities at the same time. So that's what Pretenders do. He's got the Contort Epitome, which is his general, which you see a lot. Uh, and he has got the command trait strength from Godhood, making him a little bit more fighty. And then Artifacted by the Crown of Dark Secrets, which reduces the attack characteristic of units within range. And then he's got the spell Hoarfrost. So, again, the spell, the generic spell, which is either going to get make you hit on twos, wound on twos, or give you Ren 3. And then he's got Glutos or Scolian in the list, uh, which is an amazing power piece. Really fun to see this as well. Uh, then three units of Battleline Bliss Barb Archers, three units of ten, and then a Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. So I think a lot of how this... Oh, Sigvald is also in the list as well. So I think a lot of how this list has worked. Previously what we saw is Bliss Barb Archers would clear a screen or you would load up on Bliss Barb Archers and you would do tons of damage. This we're seeing a lot more uh, focus being put onto the output in melee um, and then using the Contorted Epitome to debuff the enemy melee into your army. Glutos, who's very survivable, pinning the army in in conjunction with the Cronspine Incarnate, both units pinning them in, trapping them back, uh, and then Sigvald also doing a ton of damage. So there's a very combatty front line that's also very survivable, and also you're reducing the enemy output into your army as well. Uh, so uh, I really like that. I think that's really fun. And then finally, I want to shout out Jeff's story. Jeff, I don't know if you listen to the show a lot, but you are a superstar. Jeff has again written notes on his list when he submitted it. He's playing Blades of Corn. Um, it's very interesting that most of the notes we've seen put, wrote, written out are by Chaos players. And so Order Bros and Destruction Bros, step it up, please. 
Um, he's playing Reapers of Vengeance, and he's going to try to do Slaughter of Sorcery, so kill all the wizards. He's got Herald of Corn on Blood Throne, a Bloodmaster, Scarbrand, another Bloodmaster, a Skull Taker, and a Bloodthirster and Fettered Fury. So again, a lot of it feels like pushing Scarbrand at the enemy, using the 3d6 charge from the Bloodthirster and Fettered Fury, who's got the artifact with no wards. So Scarbrand does loads of damage, you can't take any ward save against it, which feels like a kind of like combo that we're going to see a lot. He's also got the pouch of null dust which for once per battle is going to shut down an enemy hero phase not properly like uh it's a double of a one two or three to cast a spell is a miscast as opposed to a double one it's an eight percent chance but it is still nice uh which i think is good um and then five flesh hounds 20 blood letters and then five flesh hounds so there's a lot of recursion on those blood letters as well um uh, using the herald of corn on the blood throne to help get them back then a unit hex gorgeous skulls sorry the incantation hex gorgeous skulls wrath axe and then a, the six furies in this list as well so six furies making it into a list again charging in moving out grabbing an objective where your opponent wasn't expecting it like that a lot and i think that's really fun hope everyone had a great time at the event let's go look at the next one the next event we're going to talk about is the threshold invitational uh, now, the Threshold Invitational was an invitational-only event, as is in the name. We've got 18 players playing in the Netherlands, where the Dutch live. Uh, yes, they had 18 players, and there's some really solid players there. But it was won by the captain uh, of the Netherlands, uh, Jeffrey Nijhoff. Uh Lovely. Uh, Jeffrey is a hottie. Uh, he looks great. He's a, I don't know, I don't know who's hotter, but like there's, there's some, he's very hot. Anyway, that's, that's not really important, but I just thought I'd point that out. He went 5-0 with his disciples in each list uh, with sub-faction Host Arcanum. So auto-unbind, 1, 3, and 5. Who would have thought in a spellcasting meta the unbinding would be good? Then he's got a Magister with Cult Demagogue, which means the first cast he spells on a double is Unstoppable. Uh, that probably works really well with Hoarfrost. Uh, then a Gaunt Summoner um, of Zinch, and then Kairos Fateweaver, um, uh, Hoarfrost on the Magister, uh, and then Gaunt Summoner has got Merciless Blizzard. Then 10 Pink Horrors, 10 more Pink Horrors, 10 Karakakalites, and then 6 Zangor Enlightened on Disc of Zinch, which I assume sticking Hoarfrost on makes them very, very, very good in my personal opinion. Also, yeah, Cult Demagogue, really good for the battle tactic where you've got to cast a spell and no one can stop you because uh, you've cast a spell. Although, I don't know, like, you cast a lot of other spells with this army as well. Uh, so again, uh, this is just a, a strong magical army because it has lots of spell casting and can use hashtag primal dice available on the honestwargamer.com shop if you would like to get some primal dice. Uh, using the primal dice uh, to get a load of spells through. Um, doing some damage, but most importantly... Uh, using Hoarfrost to either make the Pink Horrors have Ren 3, which is crazy if you get them down to Brim Horrors, because they have three attacks each, or even just giving Hoarfrost to the Zangor Enlightened, so they have, uh, they either hit on twos or they uh, have Ren 3, which I think is very, very good as well. Uh, and then the Pink Horrors do what they always do, they stand on objectives and they hold objectives. And this is an objective-based GHB, there's lots of objectives on the board, talked about this already, uh, so shout out to Jeffrey, he should be super chuffed with himself. Um, uh, congratulations. Now, Michael Stahl uh, went 4-1, I'm pretty certain, um, and he was running Carriage and Overlords in Barrack Urbaz. Uh, he had uh, an Arcanaut Admiral, an Aether Chemist, then he had 20 Arcanaut Company, uh, 10 Arcanaut Company, 15 Thunderers, a Gun Hauler, and 6 Ender and Riggers, and an Ironclad. So while I think that the points update on the Thunderers has meant that they won't be taken in two units of 30 or even up to 45, 
I think still think that it's a super fair price and you're still going to see a unit of 15. You're just going to see other things like Endron Riggers and Sky Wardens in the list as well because they're very, very good. And this Ironclad in there as well is decent and you might also see people playing not with Ironclads and using Frigates because they're a little bit cheaper. They're brilliant as well. And yeah, so there's some really good plays still encouraging Overlords. I think the nerf to them is really fair and I think you're still going to see them do really, really well. So I hope everyone at this event had a wonderful time. It's being held at the H2O Gym, uh, which is really nice. There was a, uh, a playpen area for the Destruction players, which is super nice. So I hope everyone had a great time. Um, uh, all new GHB and it uh, looks like Zinch doing well again. The last event we're going to look at is the London Open. And yeah. Okay, 12 players playing at this event, and it was won by the founder of Asia Sigma, Mo Ashraf, getting a 5-0. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there is a YouTube video that I have talked about before, where I talked about the founding of Asia Sigma. Also, if you want to look at my What is Asia Sigma video, I also talk about Mo. Uh, but Mo is the founder of Asia Sigma, absolutely brilliant. Uh, doesn't stop him being a jerk, though, and taking the Seraphon Fangs of Sotek list. Uh, <laughs> he had Lord Croak, Asterosk, Astroth, Banabera, Skink Starseer, and a Slan Starmaster with, with legitimately the same loadout as the last one uh, that we talked about as well. Uh, then he has he does have slightly different loadout though because he doesn't have the troglodon so 10 skinks 10 skinks five saurus guard bodyguarding all those units 10 saurus warriors which are amazingly tough to get rid of 20 wounds uh, they're really good five raptodon charges and then a bastillon with arcasotech which i think we're seeing more and more again its ability to pin units in it does quite a little bit of damage as well which is quite nice also i don't know if you know it has a lot of attacks so a good opportunity maybe to put hoarfrost on that as well then chronomantic cogs for the additional casters talked about Umbral Spell Portal and the Malevolent Maelstrom. Uh, Maelstrom? Maelstrom uh, in this list. So not too dissimilar to how the previous list would work uh, in all the Mortal Wound output because uh, he's got the same loadout apart from the Troglodon in there as well. But instead he's got the Basilon with Arcosotech, um, which is a nice pinning piece and a unit that you could use to kind of counter push out of your deployment because this is a castle built army so you are going to get pinned in and need to get pushed out which is really rough but i couldn't be happier for mo uh, he's a real sweet human being and i'm so happy that he's uh, playing uh, events and doing well at events it's got to feel really great uh, now josh my friend Josh Jenkins, Superstar Josh, also won Best Sports. He went 4-1 with his Carriage on Overlords list. Barak Zilfin, Archonaut Admiral, Aether Chemist, and an Etheric Navigator. Then he had a Frigate, 10 Archonaut Company, 15 Thunderers, and an Ironclad. So two big boats. And then he had six Endron Riggers for healing those boats as well. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, really excellent. Okay, so to wrap up, uh, obviously these are the only four events using the new GHB. One of them was obviously massive, uh, but because of the way they structured it, talking about the Tacoma, Tacoma GT, the way they structured it, you know, we haven't really got any relevant data from it. There were great players running great lists, and they all played some games and some are 5-0s and 4-1s, but it, it felt like that they kind of stopped the natural evolution of how uh, tournaments generally tend to get towards the, you know, round four is actually really really interesting in an age sigma five round tournament because what you tend to get is the people that have won really well you start to get those interesting kind of like uh gatekeeper armies in some ways uh, and that becomes quite interesting leading to round five and then round six if you do have lots of players is uh, would be a really interesting kind of timeline but that all got messed around uh, which i find really odd and weird but anyway um 
there's still so much to go through. There's only those four events that are, that are five hours. Uh, sorry, those four events that are new GHB and then the one that I ran last week. There was also a team event this weekend as well over in Australia. I want to shout that out uh, where they also were running all of the new stuff as well. But people are still getting their very first experiences with the new battle plans, uh, which I'm going to make a video on uh, later on in the week. Uh, the new spells. I did a, an endless spell show just um, uh, and it's all edited down and on YouTube. If you want to go check that, it's also a podcast. So there's all that information as well. I think, you know, getting your maelstroms painted up, getting your suffocating grave tides painted up, your geminids painted up is going to be super helpful as well. And I think that's going to be uh, something that we should talk about uh, in the future. There were definitely some top results for lots of, um, uh, lots of different armies. Uh, th yeah, there were some top results for like, especially things like OCR Bone Reapers and Sob Like Grave Lords. We read those out as well. Uh, I think Seraphon doing so well is something we're going to see continuously. I have already like, I, I I think Seraphon in the version that we're seeing at is is utterly destructive uh, for a game. It doesn't even matter about the rock paper scissors mechanics of how it works. And we could talk about OCR Bone Reapers as well, I guess, and also Sob Like Grave Lords. But I think the sheer volume of mortal wounds that a list like that puts out that's uh very unstoppable it just feels like that's not something that should be in the game uh to be honest even if there are natural predators like corn and nor myriad ocr bone reapers uh so i still think that's just outrageous the output um but maybe it's the battle plans maybe it's the battle tactics maybe it's the grand strategies that are really affecting these win rates as well uh so i think that's going to be something that um we should look at in the future uh, we will get to doing the stats. We, I know that Rob and Ziggy, shout out to the stats team, are still wrapping up the stats from the last GHB. Uh, so we'll be able to call who was the best corn player, uh, who was the best, you know, OCR Bone Reaper player in the world or even in your local region for the last GHB. We're really looking forward to doing that. I'm quite excited about that. Um, so that's still being wrapped up as we speak uh, because we've still got some GHB, old GHB events running. Uh, and then we've just got loads more GHB events to come. And this is going to run for a year. So uh, we've got uh, loads of new stuff to look at in the future. Uh, and then loads of new uh, army types to look at. So I hope you will join me uh, for the Stat Center every Monday live. Like all these superstars. Uh, and if you don't, obviously you can listen to it back as a podcast and YouTube video. Um, and then, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. You can support the show by joining Patreon if you fancy Honest Wargamer. That'd be great. Uh, that'd be super cool. Uh, and yeah, hope you uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks very much.